Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the I Think It's a Classic podcast. I'm your host once again, Tannis Gale, and uh, joining me is the Blitzkrieg boppin' wanting to be sedated guy who wants to be your boyfriend, because all those songs are on the album we're going to talk about today, John Brummer. <laughs> hi, John. Uh, hi. Yeah, I know I know my shit about songs. this band. I know I I listened <laughs> so much to this yeah. album. Yeah, I I I I know that this one is uh an outlier in the cuz so far we've we've done pretty good about uh choosing albums that we both know really well and both, you know, probably liked, you know, at least a little bit. Uh I think I did this on purpose because um is this I your revenge? Is this your revenge for Mr. Bungles, California? Uh, no, actually, Abacab was my revenge for, <laughs> Good. for, for Mr. For California. Touché. Uh, I, I just thought that this would be a fun one to do. Maybe you might change your mind a little bit, but I'm guessing from the way you sounded that you haven't. Well, I, we'll get into it. I mean, We'll get into it. But uh, yeah, uh, today we're talking about Rocket to Russia by the Ramones. So, Tannis, what have you been up to? Uh, nothing much. I got my capture card working again, so I've been streaming a little more. Um, I'm getting a bunch of just junk that I've been collecting over the years kind of together to get ready to either just donate it or sell whatever semi-valuable, you know, just collectory nerd bullcrap or whatever. So I've yeah, just been kind of busy in my room. <laughs> I need to do that. I have so much shit that I have accumulated. I was talking to people like a week or two ago, and I was saying that my apartment is a literal trash mountain. And I said, you know, I just accumulate these things, and then I don't use them, but I don't want to get rid of them. And then I went, holy shit, I think I might be a hoarder. <laughs> and they were like, gonna say, I think you might be a hoarder. And I was like, yep. Woo, nice breakthrough, guys. And then I left. <laughs> nah, you're just a lazy piece of shit, John. You're yeah, not oh, a that's it. That's the other thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, shit, man. Um, short intros for a short episode on a short album. Let's get right into Rocket to Russia and... Um, I'm just going to let you take the lead here, John. Tell me your uh, history with the Ramones, because mine is just... Uh, 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 yeah, it's I don't have much history with the Ramones. They've just always been on my radar, but I never had a period where I got into um, so, yeah. um, What does so this band mean to you? The first time I ever heard the Ramones... I, I can't remember how old I was when I first watched the National Lampoon's Vacation... But I was young. My dad had it on VHS, and we watched it quite a bit, actually. Um, and there's a part where, while they're driving, the kids put on, oh, Chevy Chase is trying to get the family to sing, you know, family songs for the, the road trip. And uh, the kids, they put on their headphones, and it's playing Blitzkrieg Bop. Uh, from that moment on, I always... Very much enjoyed this sound, even though I really didn't get into them until high school. Uh, 
And, you know, even then in high school, there was still kind of like some trepidation around it because, you know, even though people were like, well, yeah, I mean, I guess they are one of the first punk bands. They also kind of had the same stigma around them that the Sex Pistols did because of the fact that, you know, if someone wanted to buy a quote unquote rock and roll T-shirt, they would buy a Ramones shirt. It's the same thing that happens nowadays with uh, Motorhead and Slayer. It still happens with the Ramones. You'll find people, or you know, even Nirvana. You'll find people wearing the T-shirt, and you're like, "Hey, Ramones, I love them." And they're like, "Yeah, sure, I I've heard this name before." Um, so that's I I I couldn't even throughout all that I I couldn't uh, avoid the fact that I love this band. Yeah, there were they, there was something that you were like, is this is this not cool enough to like 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 as much as I do? Like, should I be embarrassed about this because it's so quote unquote mainstream? And I, I kind of get what you're saying. Like, I remember getting um flyers from you know you get crap from Columbia House or BMG Music, and uh, it would be there would be um you know the CD booklet and then there'd be all the merch in the back and I just remember that being filled with Grateful Dead and Ramones like candles and ashtrays you know it yeah just, i think it was really think, odd that a punk band quote unquote was so fucking commercial you know what i mean well the the thing that's interesting about the ramones is that even though you know their name is on a lot of stuff i mean you'll find their their logo on a lot of t-shirts it's on a lot of merchandise they they never sold any records they never um they never really sold. I mean, they would go to uh, South America, to Brazil, and they would play to you know in stadiums that were like thirty five thousand seaters. They'd come back home and they would play in clubs that were four hundred. Gotcha. Um, so even though you know the name was well known, the music really didn't wasn't that huge. Um, and these guys, I mean, they played like crazy. I recently. Um, well, actually, it was probably last summer. Um, read uh, Blitzkrieg Bach, My uh, Life as a Ramon by Marky Ramon. It was a really good read. Anyone who's interested in um, that story should really read that book. It, it, I find it, I found it to be highly entertaining and informative. Um, <clears throat> the uh, interesting thing, though, that you know, now that you brought that up about the commercialization of punk rock or whatever there that was kind of a retrograde thing um the 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 whole idea of well you know never sell out never surrender when these guys started the the whole point was to become you know like their pop heroes because these guys were really into um you know like girl pop and, and even though you know like Joey Ramone was really into bands like The Who and, you know, those early rock and roll bands. They also had a huge affinity for, you know, and it comes out in their music. Uh, the what what uh, who who does Be My Baby? Um, um Ronnie Spector? Yeah, the, the Ronettes, I think Ronettes, it was. Yeah. yeah. Um they, you know, they had a huge affinity for that kind of music, which makes sense. You know, it's very it comes out very much so in these songs and and uh, this album especially um 
but that you know that was the point you know iggy pop he wanted to be a you know a rock superstar uh it wasn't until after they you know everyone realized hey we're probably not gonna you know make many waves playing this music that they it kind of became a retro thing especially when hardcore started coming around and people realized this isn't going to be commercial but we're gonna play this anyway we're just gonna make the albums we want to make and we're just gonna play what we want to play and it became a necessity at a certain point to get rid of the hopes and dreams of actually ever making it uh, that is not something that's really ever discussed it, it always seems like that was the idea from the beginning which it wasn't it's these were just problem. you know yeah the, these guys were just nerds that really you know they wanted to be like their heroes and they continued to do it anyway you know even when they didn't succeed so but uh I, this band really means a lot to uh me because this was some this was one of the big bonding experiences that I had uh, with our friend, good friend Zach when me and him got reconnected back in high school. Uh, we had known each other in middle school and we had bonded over albums like Astro Creek 2000 and uh, The Downward Spiral, but uh, we kind of lost touch for a number of years until junior year of high school. And when we got back in touch, um, me and him bonded over oddly enough pink floyd and the ramones and our <laughs> our proverbial song you know the 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 couple kind of song is actually on this album uh and we always kind of you know joked around that that was our song because we always listened to it together <laughs> but i will get to that when we start getting into the album are you ready to start going by in the track by track yeah yeah pretty much um uh, I just wanted to say Zach is in chat right now and just said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> this one's for you, Zachy boy. <laughs> All right, let's go. One, two, three, four. This is a bit of Cretan hop. Now, I want to say about this song, much like our uh, other albums, I believe this first track is really a, a mission statement, kind of made by the Ramones, letting the listener know that, hey, you're going to be listening to another Ramones album. <laughs> well, to be fair... This song's badass, by the way. I'm not ripping on it. It's fun oh, as hell. Oh, no, this song, I love this fucking song. This has always been one of my favorite Ramones songs. But the, the thing that is interesting about this album, as opposed to the, the previous two, uh, the self-titled and Leave Home, is Leave Home and the self-titled had a, or it wasn't a decidedly um, uh, more unproduced sound. I mean, I, I, you know, the first album came together and they did, banged it out quickly. They didn't have much of a budget. Same thing with Leave Home. Even though Leave Home was an improvement on sound from the first album, this album kind of knocks both of them out of the water production wise. And this is, I think this has a bit to do with why this is a, a lot of people's favorite Ramones album. And not only is the sound a lot more cleaner, it's a lot more polished. It's a lot more pop and the songs on it are just fucking bangers all the way through it. Um, 
And it starts out with Cretan Hop, which is just, you know, this is essentially, like you said, I mean, this is them. This is one of the most polished. This is one of the most popular, not popular Ramones songs. It seems like, you know, yeah. Blitzkrieg Bop or uh, Judy Was a Punk comes on and everybody, you know, knows, or I Want to Be Sedated, of course. You know, yeah. it's just like, oh, yeah, I know. but then this comes on and it's like, oh, I know the, this is the Ramones, but what, wait, what song is this again? Like, we listen to a lot of Pandora at my work, and that has happened to this song specifically. Like, wait, oh, which, yeah. which Ramones song is it? What does he say? Oh, Cretan Hop. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I don't know. I've always had, uh, uh, I've always known this song very well, especially when my son was younger. And the, uh, this was one of the bands that me and him first bonded over because uh up to that point i mean there was there was a point in time when he was like four and i thought that he was just going to be lost in a in a mountain of pop music that you know that was all he was going to listen to was you know the the pop and the country that his mom did um and i remember him being four and i turned on the tv i was flipping through the channels i got to like palladia or something and they were playing the uh, nirvana live at the paramount uh on halloween in 91 and they were doing something where it was just a lot of noise. I, I maybe an early version of Tourette's or something. Um, but or endless nameless. Just, oh, it might have been endless nameless. Because that would have been the right you know, year for them actually playing that yeah. live on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, it. Uh, uh, it, you know, Kirk Cobain is just screaming and they're wrecking all their instruments. And my son looks at me and he's like. How can you like this? It's just screaming. And I, I went, you know, I have to I had to deal with it from my parents growing up. And now I have to deal with it from you. <laughs> what the hell is going on here? You're supposed to be trying to shock me, you know. But uh <laughs> shortly after that, they started using Blitzkrieg Bob all the fucking time on uh as promos, uh the background music for promos on Cartoon Network. And so that's how he heard it. And one day we're driving and Blitzkrieg Bob comes on my uh, stereo and he's back there just bobbing his head and he goes, Daddy, I like this song. And I was like, thank fucking God. You know, now I, <laughs> all hope is not lost. And so that, you know, kind of reignited my, uh, you know, uh, love for this band and um, really got me to, you know, I hadn't picked up, you know, there, there was things I had either lost or didn't have on vinyl that I ended up picking up and we're listening to them a lot. I, I, at around this time, I got a copy of rock and roll high school on DVD and that became no, you know, my son's favorite movie for a little while. It was weird. It was a weird time, <laughs> but <laughs> you know, this was a song that always got him bopping. Um, so, you know, I, I'm very familiar with it. I, I love how energetic it starts out. And uh, it's got just a... It, this album is full of fucking hooks. Like, it's, it's just nothing but hooks. And I think that that's amazing because there's, you know, most bands would be jealous to even have one hook that was this good. But this, these songs, this album, it's almost straight just hooks. There isn't even a verse, chorus, verse. It's just hook, 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 hook. Yeah. Before we move on... The other thing I wanted to say about the polished sound of this album, this was actually um, an attempt on their part to kind of set them 
apart from like the Sex Pistols, who at the time they said were, you know, essentially ruining their career because, um, you know, people were, uh, Punk was getting a really bad name because of, you know, the, the antics that the Pistols were, were pulling. And that's why this one actually has a decidedly more poppy shine to it. Um, and it didn't help. It didn't sell any records, but whatever they tried. I mean, they kept on doing their thing no matter what, even when they felt like, God damn it, our style's getting cramped. They're like, fuck it, keep the holes in the tight-ass jeans. We're wearing leather yeah. forever. <laughs> I, you know, honestly, I could not imagine having to... I, I've seen footage of these guys playing in the midday in L.A., uh, wearing the fucking leather jackets. I, oh, God. That would have been the worst. Yeah, it's commitment. Yeah. Do you have anything to say about Cretan Hop? It's fun. I like it. <laughs> All right, let's move on. All right, now, I'm going to move on to track two and hear a little bit of the classic Rockaway Beach. Since I ended up right at the chorus, I'm almost thinking I should have just introed that with "Guess what this song's called." <laughs> I uh, this is another one that I love. This song oh, yeah. is super fun. It's classic Ramones here, man. This yeah, is, this song is yeah, fun as hell. I mean, if you uh, the, a lot of the times if you talk to someone who is actually you know a fan of the Ramones and not just wearing the T-shirt. This song will get brought up. It's, I mean, it, it's it's a perfect, you know, throwback to that 60s sound, the Beach Boys, whatever, you know, and it's got that hook. Yeah, it's so, it just, it's, it's sunshine and audio form. Yeah, it's, it's a good time. But like a really badass sunshine that would like let you bum a cigarette off of it, but then make you smoke it with it. Yeah, exactly. You know, the, the other thing, too, is, is that I have always had a huge affinity for these guys because they do write great love songs, you know, and, and they're just simple. And, you know, the, this, this talks about wanting to, you know, grab your girl and go have a great time and not listen to disco. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, that, that's, that's what I always loved about them. Is it, it's kind of the same effect that Slayer has where it's like, you know, you're going to put on a Slayer, you're going to hear something fast, you're going to hear something angry, it's going to be about death. And every album, you know, well, not every album is consistently good, but, you know, there's, they they landed quite a few bangers because of that. It, it, yeah. Yeah, I feel you. Zach in chat here is uh, echoing our sentiment, nailing it on the head with saying, uh, Beach Boys with punk attitude, and yeah, that's 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 this song to a T. Yes. Well, fuck yeah! You want right. to move on from Rockaway Beach? I mean, we hitched a ride there. Let's hitch a ride out. And yes, uh, let's let's on. get our boards out of the the ocean and let's uh, head back on home. Uh, with a little bit of here today, gone tomorrow. 
Yeah, I didn't. I didn't before listening to this album uh, for this podcast. I didn't realize this song existed, and I was like, I didn't realize there was like a really sad Ramon song. Yeah, they. I mean, they would throw these on their albums. Uh, you know, there wasn't a lot of them. Um, it's so adult they... compared to how every... someone had to pay the price. That's such an adult sentiment. Like I don't know in the way. Compared to everything well, else, which seems a lot of fun and, you know, poking fun at international politics or talking about going to the beach or taking pills or whatever. Like, this is <laughs> this is way more adult than a lot of that. And so it took me by surprise, is all I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, no, I, I get it. Sometimes this, even though I like this song, um, sometimes it, I do skip through it. Just because you know, I I want to keep the the party going. Yeah, to its not it's not to its benefit that it's the third song on the album. Like it should have been like a second to last or something. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, you know, can't nail it all the time. I kind of get why they were trying to put it there. I I almost feel like they were you know kind of se- sequencing it like a hit record, and like this one would be a hit too if if we were gonna make top forties on this thing like. Yeah, it just feels like that. Well, this, I mean, if this was going to hit top 40, this probably would have been the biggest contender for it. This has definitely got all the makings. Well, I mean, in 1977, you have to think that, you know, that's when the Carpenters had their big somber hits, you know. (laughs) It, it, I mean, out of the, all the other ones, I'm just talking about making it onto top 40 record or radio. I think that this, um, yeah, I guess my brain is filtered the way that shit is done on Pandora nowadays. Yeah. So I wasn't thinking about what was actually popular on the radio in the 70s. I'm thinking about what was fucking cool in the 70s. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> when you're thinking about what's cool in the 70s... No, it's like, oh yeah, I the mean... Stooges never had a hit. What am I talking about? Like, yeah. I, I can't... <laughs> not, yeah. Well, yeah, this this would not have... You know, the, if we're talking about what was cool in the 70s, like, if, if we were the ones who were running um if we were running the uh the radio in the 70s it wouldn't you know I, I, at least me there'd be you know Crete and hop on there uh sheena's a punk rocker uh we're a happy family those would be the ones that i would you know push to be hits but you know since well, i would it was say i want to be well over this song oh yeah well for the, I, for the kind of slower one yeah, I, I, I just, I'm thinking... I mean, we can fight that... about it. I mean, you, we can take this outside if you want. Let's uh, let's do that. I will get on a plane, and you get on a plane, you meet me in uh, Montana, and I will beat your fucking Yeah, ass. but the western part of Montana, because that's more towards the middle. Oh, my God. Oh, I, I'm, I'm going to kick your ass extra hard. None of this Billings shit. Because of this bullshit. <laughs> All right, ready to move on to the next one? <laughs> yes, I am. Let's hear a little bit of Lock It Love. This song's so badass. I love this song. This it's... is like probably, I, you know, it's kind of hard for me to choose a favorite, but 
I think this might be my favorite song on the album. Yeah. It, it, the hook, the chorus, everything about it is just fun. And it still even has, you know, it has a kind of a positive message. Uh, you know, it, it, it always kind of, you know, I always felt kind of in tune with like Joey, uh, just because, you know, we had, there were similar feelings of growing up feeling like you're a freak, you know, being very unlucky in love, um, those kinds of situations. And this feels like, I mean, you know, everyone says, uh, I feel like the song was written about my, uh, feel like the song was written about my life, you know, but I really do feel like this was like a message, you know, or at least like two people like me, you know, hold on a little bit longer. That's fucking awesome. I, I, I just, it's, for me, who has no emotional attachment to this album, and it's just a collection of pretty fucking rockin' fun pop songs, it's really cool to hear your side of things and be like, God damn, you have really, you, you really do have a connection to this, and it's fucking oh, yeah. cool to hear it about a band that can't seem to write a three-minute song. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, they came close. Yeah, I mean, one of the, one of the ones coming up is a whole 250 really pushing it yeah but uh do you have anything else to say about lock it love because i don't i just really like the song <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a it's... great tune that we can move on all right let's hear a little bit of uh i don't care This is a great middle finger to the world song. And um I really like the uh the backing vocals. Like they really remind yeah. me of anyhow any way I'm saying it wrong. Anyway, anyhow, anywhere. By the Who. Yeah. Yeah, and I, so I you, never really thought about that. You mentioned that the Who influence earlier, and yeah, that's immediately what I thought of when I heard this song. I was like, oh yeah. Yeah. Well, and the weird thing about this one is that this is a kind of a remnant from the first album. It was a outtake. Um, I mean, this is probably, although I, I, you know, I will listen to the song and I will, you know, rock out to it. This is probably the one that gets the least amount of spins from me, just for the fact that you know it, it's literally just a minute of you know saying uh, we don't care, yeah. you know. <laughs> After after you know uh, almost thirty seven year or thirty seven years or whatever of me myself not caring, I like I get it, you know. Well, it's a modern grindcore epic at a whole minute and thirty nine seconds long. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I I like it, and that riff it really uh, said to me like, it was really one of those. Sometimes you hear old music and you're like, oh, that's where that band got it from and this was the riff that i was like oh that's where turbo negro got it from even though their song well, get it on is infamously based on a ramon song like almost yeah, to a t yeah. this one is yeah. definitely that has that swagger that they uh still had on the album before get, get the album that get it on was on yeah on ask cobra um this one you know because like i said this one was an outtake of the first album, which was two albums previous to this one. 
Um, God, now I can't remember what song it is that Turbo Negro, uh, you know, really just essentially borrowed that riff from. What's it? It's uh, like, uh, tonight. Yeah. Uh, Isn't it called All Right Tonight? <laughs> I mean, no. It's... It should be. Uh, <laughs> someone was like hanging on Second Avenue. Um, oh, I just want something to do. That's what it is. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was like, if I if I think a few more lines, it's gonna tell me. And then I was like, oh, the next line is eating chicken and something about glue. I just want to be with you. I just want to have something to do. And I was like, oh, there it is, right there. <laughs> something about anyway glue. <laughs> i don't know they say something about glue I, I can't remember what it is they don't actually say something about glue i just couldn't remember exactly what it was <laughs> uh all right these guys are all sniffing glue instead of smoking weed because they thought it was a hippie drug that might make them play a guitar solo <laughs> goofballs yeah those guys are silly <laughs> but you know uh, hey, sniffing glue is pretty cool, okay? Well, now I want to. Yes, now I want to sniff some glue. Now I want to have something to do. <laughs> um. All right, let's go to the next song. All right, and let's hear a little bit of the well-known classic, Tina is a punk rocker. This is one of the earliest Ramon songs I remember hearing. I can't say where I would have heard it, but um, I distinctly remember for the longest time, like, and this is me in like as a little like a kid in middle school, not knowing shit about music. So bear with that. That was my mindset then. I thought they were saying Sheena is a bone rocker, and I figured, <laughs> oh, bone rocker is somebody who wears like a shirt from that band, The Misfits. Yeah. They're bone rockers because they wear skulls and they like punk rock. Okay, yeah, I I, I know stuff now. I'm smart. I'll, I'll make sure to 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 you know talk about all the bone rockers at the end of the month when I go see the Misfits in <laughs> yeah, and, all state of and, and Chicago. And, and see what also reinforced that is on the uh, you saying that reminded me also that what reinforced that was a. Uh, uh, Roots and Radicals by Rancid because I also thought he said all oh, the bone rockers and the moan stompers <laughs> so I was like yeah bone rockers is a thing yeah <laughs> I'm really sad that uh, we didn't know each other at that or if we did you'd never said so man have you heard about this bone rock <laughs> are, you guys, like, are you guys bone what? rockers because you know it's as if i didn't have enough things to make fun of you about yeah, oh man that's all i needed <laughs> yeah. Yeah. oh man i'm so now like the minute i step foot into chicago i'm just gonna take pictures of everything and send it to you and be like is this a bone rock <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. I'm gonna take a picture of the audience and be like, "So many bone rockers here, Tannis." No, no, mom, mom! I swear, I swear, it's not death metal. It's bone rock. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! 
So, yeah, probably the reason why. It, I think this song and Blitzkrieg Bocker, uh, Bop are actually like. Yeah, Blitzkrieg, Blitzkrieg Bo Rocker. Bock. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Is that like the the lead singer of Skid Row in a tank? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I I think Sheena is a bone rocker in bl Blitzkrieg Bone. <laughs> those are probably the the most well known Ramon songs, and that's probably why you heard this one. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Um, again, you know, like. <clears throat> They had, you know, there there was, it's funny to look back on some of the things, you know, from like the early 80s MTV, because they did actually have a fairly decent presence on there. So did Lou Reed, but that it still didn't seem to sell any more records. Yeah, I mean, I, the 80s were weird, man. The, the 80s were weird, man. Um, I think, I think that. Really, probably what it was that that got them such a presence on MTV was that they probably lived down the street from the studios and had nothing better to do. <laughs> I mean, if the, if their songs are any you know kind of like examples of what they were doing, usually they were bored and sniffing glue, so they they were probably like, "Hey, come on down to the studio." Well, yeah, and back then it was totally a thing. Like, oh, it's like this radio station on TV. That's fucking cool. Like, you know. It, it wasn't the MTV that became and now isn't anymore, yeah. you know? <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, what what can be said about this song other than, you know, it's a great, fun fucking rocker, good tune. Um, yeah. Excellent. I'm still, about? I'm still giggling about the phone rocker rant. Jesus. <laughs> Oh man. Oh, I'm gonna get I'm well, gonna get a tattoo now that says I'm a bone rocker. <laughs> bone rock would fit on your knuckles so you can put them together. Oh, People man. will be like, what's bone rock? And I'm like, you just don't get it, man. And then I'll <laughs> slam my door and I'll be like, I'm moving out when I'm 18. If you have to ask, you wouldn't understand, man. <laughs> oh. Jesus. Alright. Let's try to move on to the next song. Um, this is, uh, and we'll hear a little bit of We're a Happy Family. Ah, <laughs> uh, this song's pretty fun. Yeah, this this is the song that was uh mine and Zach's uh, you know, song. We'd drive around the the uh outskirts of Oak or uh, Oak Harbor, uh Washington and we'd blast this and you know, we were just disaffected youth and this song really played into that. <laughs> <laughs> uh driving around smoking cigarettes in the old blue van. Yeah. Smoking, smoking cigarettes and watching Captain Kangaroo. <laughs> <laughs> but this song yeah. kicks ass. Um, I don't know. It's one of the more funny Ramones songs. 
to me. Well, there, there's there's critics that have called this like the funniest album of all time. I mean, it it definitely has a sly humor to it, especially in the uh, fact that you know a lot of it's so simple and the 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 lyrics are repetitive. But you know, he, they get those good jabs in there um, that you know make them memorable, make them funny. Uh, I think this is why this appealed to, you know, a teenage John and a teenage Zach so much is because, you know, it, it painted the picture of, you know, the, the, the happy family that you normally see is usually, you know, not so happy once you crack through the smiles and the, and the perfect pictures. And you, you've got the, the dad who's selling dope on the side. He's hiding his relationship with men from his wife, who's probably drug addicted and, you know, yelling at the kids and the kids are off, you know, fucking sniffing glue and causing trouble and yeah. And stealing daddy's dope, you know? (laughs) So yeah, I mean, this was, I I think this is why it was such a perfect song for the both of us to drive around and be angry and smoke our cigarettes and act like we were cooler than everyone. Yeah. I think it's a blast. It's yeah. I enjoyed it greatly. And it's kind of are you are you kind of getting the vibe that came off of me of this album? Like I enjoyed it. I don't have the emotional connection that you have, but this was a lot of yeah, fun. Yeah, no, I was really surprised that you liked it so much because you know there's times when I'll talk to you about my favorite punk rock bands, and you're like, Ugh, they have harm, and Ugh, there's melody. The the be- and, the, be- the best part is that um. It cut out, kind of, so I just heard you go, they have harm. And then, they have melody. <laughs> but I'm guessing you said harmony and melody, and you're talking about yes, my not giving a fuck about NoFX, specifically. Yeah, uh, well, actually, I mean, I, I know that you don't like NoFX, although you did seem to change your mind after we saw them together at Riot Fest. Listen, they're, I just, I, I don't jizz all over that band like they're one of the greats. Or anything like but i'm just like yeah they have some fun shit they have some like uh punk and drublick is fucking great that is a yeah. lot of fun and especially like I, linoleum I, is like one of like top five classic pop punk songs of all time yeah well but i was more referring to the fact that at that same festival i was talking about how i was gonna go see the descendants and you're like the descendants uh well they what? got harmony I never was they like got, that about the Descendants. Yeah, I said, we're, I'm going to, dude, because you were like, I'm not going to go Saturday. And I said, the Descendants are playing. And you're like, oh, they have melody. And they have melody. I'd like to say for the record, I don't know if the uh, <laughs> listening audience would notice how much John is exaggerating the impression of me. This, this, will, this will speak sure to the I truth behind this statement. I might have said, like, dude, I'm not going out for just the fucking Descendants. There's not enough I don't I care about. Like, whatever. Like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I nailed exactly. I, I, You know, you're going to get letters that are like, John's impression of you is totally spot on. <laughs> but I did he see the Descendants. in the mirror. What? I thought I did see the Descendants. No, you saw Bad Religion. No, I know that, but... You didn't go on Saturday. I went by myself. Remember, because uh, you had to keep yelling at me to leave. I'm wondering. I kept getting drunk. I wonder. 
I swore I saw the Descendants that weekend, dude. I've, I've always told people I saw the Descendants at Riot Fest. <laughs> no, we saw the Deftones. Well, I know that. I didn't get them mixed up with another D band. I mean, they do kind. Of, they do kind of. Disturbed. Yeah. No, uh, we watched Bad Religion together. I'm pretty oh. sure. Well, I'm tripping. Whatever. Oh. Anyway. Um. Yeah, what were you what were you railing on me about again? I don't know. Probably <laughs> the fact that they had melody and heart. Oh, it did it again. That's the best. <laughs> oh, that is the best. <laughs> oh. Melody and harm. All right. <laughs> All right. So, um, anything else to say about this? No, not really. Let's move on to the next song. And uh, hear a little bit of... Teenage Lombotomy. I'd like to apologize to the audience for the weirdness of that intro. I accidentally turned it way up before I meant to. Also, I, I love the the way that you said lobotomy. Sounded like you were gonna say lumbotomy. It's it, it's because I, the beat started going, and I was like, "Oops!" <laughs> Let me try to cover by saying it along with it, and it didn't work. So this is all staying in. I thought you were going to. I thought you were gonna start talking about the lumbata. Like, have you been learning how to dance? The forbidden dance, dance. John. Grab my hand and lumbotomy. <laughs> I don't like the sudden, <laughs> the sudden eroticism of the show. It's too hot. <laughs> it's turning me on. We cannot do the forbidden dance. The John John really puts the ass in. I think it's a classic. <laughs> stop it! Stop! You have to stop. I'm getting too hot. <laughs> Oh man! All right. <laughs> We're having a lot of fun with this one. All right. Yeah, and you're like, "Hey, this is gonna be a real short episode," but then you realize you you didn't realize that we are masters of comedy, <laughs> kings of comedy. <laughs> shh, shh! Don't tell them kings. Masters. Hey, come see our tour, the kings of podcast comedy. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Um. So yeah, teenage lobotomy. It's fun. It's it's one of the more I don't know, just it's it's silly. It doesn't seem it still very sounded serious. like you said lumbotomy. I mean I yeah, it's one of those words for me, okay? <laughs> you know, this is my revenge for the other day when we were talking and you totally I don't even remember what word it was, but you totally like were like, that's not how you say that. <laughs> no, you were you were telling a story about how you people would do that about what word I can't remember what word you were talking about. You said but, it wrong for well, the longest time. No, no, I, I know, but that's what brought it up was I said something and you're like, that's not how it's pronounced. And then you and I was like, all oh, I, oh, have I probably a problem. did Some, do that. <laughs> sometimes I say sword when I mean to say sword. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> when, <laughs> when I was for the longest time when I was a teenager, I didn't know how to say fetish. I always said fetish, which would uh then get our friend Zach to comment that it sounded like Sean Connery saying fetus. 
<laughs> Let me have that fetish. <laughs> what kind of fetish do you have? <laughs> oh, good lord. <laughs> All right. Uh, John, I have a question. What's that? Do you want to dance? Let's hear a little bit of that one. <laughs> Who's this a cover of? I'm an idiot and forgot already. I had looked that up myself. Uh, Bobby Freeman. Bobby. <clears throat> yeah, this is the first of two covers. Usually uh, Ramon's albums will have one cover on it. This was the first one to have two. And I, not too many of them had more than one, but um, I, they do a great version of this song. I've always loved this version. Um. This meant a lot to me, you know, in the, the early days in Oak Harbor. There was a girl that I hung around with during that time. And whenever we would drive around in my Ford Explorer, um, you know, coming back from a show or whatever, uh, I would always play the song and sing it to her. And this always brings up good memories for me. Plus, you know, this is also another one that the kid really got into because it's just a fun fucking song, you know? Yeah, it rules. It's yeah. a great fun pop song and it's it's one of those ones that's just when it ends you're like oh that's it all right yeah it's like I, a roller coaster that's too short you're like ah oh, over already okay the other thing too is in the movie rock and roll high school this is like one of the best scenes where they're all just dancing around the fucking high school and that movie is it, it should literally be like in the canon of worst movies ever but uh it's not and i don't know how it, it it's such a fun fucking film um, it's probably because it does exactly what it sets out to do and it's fun i've never seen yeah. it yeah oh you, you should yeah i mean you should get you should get your your lady friend hey let's make an episode about it the movie yeah oh okay we can do that not for the but, next episode I, but that's an idea for the yeah. future yeah for the future that i would definitely be down for that um but you should definitely get your lady friend together sometime between now and that time that we do that episode and watch it, get some popcorn, cuddle up. Because especially there's one, there's, we'll talk about it in that episode, but there is a song in that, in that movie uh, and uh, it means a lot. I couldn't, so. I couldn't track the image down again, but the image I was going to use for this episode on the stream was... Um... A picture of a woman holding up rocket to Russia while it's on fire. Is that from that movie? It. I'm pretty sure. Okay. It must be. Um. I. To look like a know... principal or something. She was like in a, a suit dress. Yeah, that that's most likely from Rock, rock and Roll High School. Okay. I just couldn't remember enough to confirm. I couldn't find it again. So. But, uh, yeah, do you have anything else to say about Do You Want to Dance? Nope, I sure don't. Let's move on to the next song and hear a little bit of I Wanna Be Well. Daddy's 
This is one of my favorite songs on the album. This song is fucking, I don't know, it's just a masterful exercise in pop and punk or whatever you want to call it. Like, oh, it's yeah, just, and... it's perfect. It's, it's one of the perfect Ramon songs, I would dare to say. Since we didn't actually get to say much about Teenage Lobotomy, I just <laughs> want to say one thing really quickly. Okay. Um, when that comes on every single time, I'm you know, if I'm in my car, I'm driving, my, my hand goes up and I'm screaming, you know, Lobotomy, Lobotomy, and, you know, pointing just like if I was, you know, watching the Ramones live. It's kind of like the same thing with this one, except this one... Um, it, it, it to me you know it sounds like a fun kind of bop your head kind of song and it's got a great you know tune to it got great hooks like all of these songs but in there's an underlying sadness in there where you know that this was joey who was you know constantly stricken with illnesses um trying to you know this was him saying you know hey i want to be well you know i i want to be normal i don't want to have to be in the hospital i don't want to have to you know, it, in the book uh, Blitzkrieg Bob, it really uh, talked a lot about his uh, OCD, where there's a story in there where they got off the airplane and went all the way back to where they lived. And Joey's sitting there going, I didn't count enough stuffs. I didn't count enough stuffs. I didn't count enough stuffs. So the uh, the manager actually drove him all the way back out to the airport, like an hour drive. Joey got out. He took two steps and then he got back in the car and they left. Um, it's it's quite sad, especially once you know all of that. It, it takes a, like a lot of emotional meaning to it. Um, I know that there's been times in my life when I'm you know listening to this record because sometimes you know you can't always it can't always be doom and gloom. So you throw on a record like this, um, and even with the doom and gloom in it, there's still a lot of fun, but especially this song comes on you know i i you know kind of it's almost like i'm calling out me too joey me too you know yeah that's that's sad as hell <laughs> yeah oh man yeah so it's almost his crying out to the world like yeah i'm not just trying to be this weird guy with fucking weird issues i want to be normal and just well and i just want to exist without hang-ups yeah exactly yeah that's Sorry. tragic now it's my favorite song on the album though yeah that this one and uh that's why i said you know i couldn't for sure say that locket love was my favorite song on the album um because this one definitely makes it in there too but you know in between you've got just a whole fucking master class of great rock and roll songs yeah, I, yeah, what a, yeah, what a fucking tune. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, again, that was what was so great about the Ramones. Like when, you know, I've talked to my dad about this band. He's like, what? I don't understand why, how you can like a band that's so simple and so repetitive. And I'm like, that's the point. You know, that's part of it. I, you know, was talking about how um, when they let Marky go, they had um, kind of a hard time picking someone up to replace him because everyone, you know, wanted to do more than what was needed. Um, and, you know, I said to him at that time when we were talking, I was like, you know, 
you may think that it was lack of talent because a lot of people think that this band, you know, played like this because it was lack of talent. No, this was a very this was a very methodical, planned out sound that they had. This is what they wanted to do. Um, and so you know, finding replacement or even you know. The finding a replacement for Tommy was a difficult thing because of the fact that they needed someone who could just play play it straight and play it basic. Yeah, um, it, that's a lot harder to do than than you think. I mean, uh, I've been playing drums since I was ten years old, and when the current band I'm in does "Comfortably Numb," uh, which is a song that needs a lot of space, it's it's still difficult for me to play it at a speed that works with it and play it without trying to do too much to, to spice it up. So. Yeah, I feel you. That, that, yeah, that's part of the genius of this band. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Uh, you ready to move anyway. on to the next song? Sure is. <clears throat> All right, John. And uh, this is, song is basically the same thing as I, what I said to you when you asked if I could let you borrow some money. And I said, I can't give you anything. <laughs> Let's hear a little bit of that. Yeah, this song's fine. I don't know. It's kind of it doesn't hey, have it, it doesn't it doesn't have the the major hook that every single other one of these songs seems to have. No, I mean I always kinda like the the uh the attitude of, you know, I've got something you want, but I'm not gonna give it to you. Always had that kind of snotty punk rock attitude to it. It's a great song. Um I don't have anything real else to say about it. Yeah. Me neither. <laughs> All right, and let's hear a little bit of the next song. This is Ramona. This is the song that really stands out to me on the album as way more polished than the rest of them. Yeah, you know, honestly, I, I should have taken it back. Uh, this and Here Today, Gone Tomorrow should have been like the hits from this record if it, if it had made any airplay. Good call. Um, and, you know, and, and that that's the thing that kind of sucked about... Um, it, it, it gets mentioned in the Wikipedia... Um, that uh you know the the controversy from the sex pistols really made you know kind of the the radio stations and whatever turn away from um you know playing this kind of music uh and they were apparently getting a small amount of ra air, uh, radio play before uh never mind the bollocks dropped and when that did this album kind of got buried in and the controversy and the fact that a lot of stations just were not trying to have anything to do with punk rock gotcha. um, 
But I think that this could have been a really big hit for them. Um, it's a super polished song. It's, it's a great song. It's, it's got, you know, uh, probably the most fleshed out, like, you, in terms of uh, traditional so uh, song structure. Uh, and it also has one of those, um, what like, a call to arms, you know, where he says, you know, hey, you kids in the crowd, I know you like to hear it played real loud. And that those songs always seem to go over big with, you know, the younger crowds. I mean, the whole reason Raj wrote the, the line, you know, uh, mother, should I trust the government is so, you know, people would cheer after, you know, they sang it live. Um, <laughs> he knew that it would get a big reaction. And you, you know that they were sitting in the studio. Going, yeah, the, uh, the kids are going to come out to the shows and that's going to be the line that they, you know, they chant back to us. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a real shame that these guys never really hit the, um, the kind of airplay that I feel that they deserved. Yeah, it's a shame I didn't realize it was it was such for them before learning all of this from you. Yeah, I mean that it, it that was how it was for a lot of these bands. Um this album was big in the fact that uh you know it really kind of opened the or that well their their first three albums were big because it opened the floodgates for a lot of these bands to come out, but then the just the nature of the bands kind of scared things away. And like I said, it was retrograde, you know, turn, you know, they turned back the clock and had to stamp a big old, you know, we're against the mainstream kind of thing on there. Um, so they could just continue doing what they wanted to do without, you know, um, giving up on it. Uh, but that, that wasn't how it started out. Yeah. Okay, so, guys, you ready to yeah. move on from Ramona? Uh, sure is. Excellent. Let's move on to the second cover of the album and uh, hear a little bit of the ever familiar Surfing Bird. That didn't affect anything. Stream just went weird off my screen for a second. Zach, are you still there? I'm still here. Oh, no, I just want to know because stream is how we record this. Mm. Or was that just my window? Okay, didn't, okay, we're good. All right. So, uh, da, 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 start from uh, Serpent Bird fading out. Well, I don't know. This is a pretty cool cover of a novelty song. I like it way better than the original. If you were going to make me pick between the two, I find the original to just be really a really obnoxious novelty song. The vocals <laughs> on it are just too much, but it's kind of funny that Joey Ramone is putting more vocal fury behind this song than any other song on the album, it feels like. Well, I, he gets the closest to yeah. a scream as he gets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, normally this is a song that I 
Well, I think when I was in high school, when you know people would play this, I'm like, "Fuck, I hate this song." Um, not this version. Uh, years later, when I realized that they had also done a version of it, um, I I was like, "Yeah, you know." And then you you know when my son was young, and I bought this on vinyl for us to listen to. Um, this, I think at that point, the Family Guy episode had happened with the surfing bird. <laughs> um, so I, I, this became, you know, a really fun song for us both to, you know, kind of rock out to. Um, I would, the, there was one day I was picking him up in the car and I was like, hey, Noah, I got a question for you. Uh, have you heard the bird, bird, you know, and then play it and, you know, just rock out and whatever and have a lot of fun. It was a good time. <laughs> You should try to do it in front of his friends one of these times. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Unless he's like you and has no friends. No, he has a couple. So <laughs> he's doing better than I do. About <laughs> better than I am. <laughs> which is all I can hope for. Um, but yeah, yeah, surfing bird. Bro. Surfing bird. Sorry, I thought thought you were gonna join me. Never mind. Okay, we just move on. We'll do. And hear a little bit of the last song on this wonderful album. Why is it always this way? So I don't think a, a song title could sum, sum up the Ramones' career better than this one. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, not um, and not as an attack, but I would just like to ask him, why is it always this way? Why do you guys? I would just, I'm sure there's plenty of interviews I could go watch where they explain something. But well, I mean, it it can mean a bunch of different things. Is it always like why are all the songs very similar? But also, why is it always this way that, you know, they're still touring, you know, when they were touring the United States, it was always small clubs. Why didn't they ever break into the big time? Um, Why do we always end up back in shitty ass Queens? Yeah. (laughs) Hey, you don't talk about Queens like that, okay? I'm talking about Queens from the 70s. All you New York people chill out. Don't, (laughs) Don't DM me. This, you know, it's it's funny because we have had a really good like string of albums that we've done so far that always have like great epic closers. And this isn't an epic closer. It would be <laughs> weird if like it got, you know, Surfing Bird fades out and then, you know, like all these orchestral orchestra, you know, instruments come in. Yeah, there's just a, cor- all... a choir of Joey Ramones going, yeah. <laughs> the song is 10 minutes long you know it, it it wouldn't it would be too out of left field but uh you know th- this is a great fun song it's a great way to end a ramones uh and also you know it has you know meaning to me where it always you know it, this is 
kind of feeling like, you know, a lot of my relationships where it ends and I'm like, well, why is it this way? Why do I keep having the same one over and over again? So it's another, you know, song that they wrote that I'm just like, yeah, dudes, I get it. You know, like, let's hang out. Like, can we be friends, please? I don't have any. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I like this song. It's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, well, shit, John, that's Rocket to Russia. Rocket to Russia. Another one in the bank. Now let's Can move you... on to the anniversary edition. And, uh, this is Cretan Hop the Tracking Mix. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I uh, after I started, you know, getting some of these streaming services and I was putting my Ramones albums into them, um, they had the, the new remastered versions that I was too cheap to buy. Uh, so I was like, oh, this will be cool. Like the one for Leave Home seriously has like six albums of live material added to it. And I would put all, you know, my, my whole uh, library list in into shuffle. And I'm like, why is like every other song a Ramon song? It's sometimes the same song in the row because, you know, these live versions had multiple versions of the same song. Yeah, I had to I had to cut that out real quick. Yeah, that happened to the same the same thing with me in a playlist that I made. I just meant to put on like a few Ramones albums. I'm like, oh, these would be nice and short sprinkled throughout. And yeah, it was just different versions of the same songs. Yeah, it would be shit like hearing Teenage Lumbotomy like twice in in a like 600 song playlist within like minutes of each other. I'm like, okay, yeah. what? <laughs> How did that happen? Yeah, I mean, and it's great that they put all of that stuff out, but you know, the thing about putting out all the the outtakes and the B sides and the live versions is sometimes that's really cool to hear a few times, or like you know, like you stumble across your box set in the closet. But I mean, I don't even have. I don't have my uh with the lights out in my iTunes because that got too old hearing, you know, um some of those songs aren't good, you know. <laughs> some of the outtakes weren't good. With the lights so, out is that the Nirvana box? Yeah. Okay. And there's like 95 songs on the fucking box set. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes you get tired of hearing the sound of a tape machine starting. And then, you know, Kurt, like, just wailing into a guitar and barely playing some chords. And then, you know, they were like, well, it was an outtake, so we had to put it on the bo- the outtake box set. So I, it's just sitting in my closet somewhere. <laughs> oh, but, John. Yeah. Well, shit. Are we going to get into what next week's album is going to be? Yes, we are. Yeah, I noticed that you, you know, in our pre-show conversation, you did not say anything to me about it. So, I should I be scared? Mm-mm. Okay, you should not be scared. Because I should I ne- should I never be scared? <laughs> like, what if someone has a knife? Oh, you can be scared then. Okay, I was gonna say because if they have a gun and a knife, I'm gonna be super scared. No, what about a smaller one knife? No, a smaller one. <laughs> How about a tiny pair of scissors? How about a fish scaler? <laughs> Magnifying glass, right, it doesn't work. Next, what's the next album? We are going to review the, uh, oh shit. I was going to say the year, but then all of a sudden I choked on it. <laughs> Hold on. Now I got to look up the year. I can't believe I choked there. It's hilarious. 
All right, ask me again. Okay, what album are we going to be listening to this next week? We are going to listen to an album that I discovered with you, the first band that I ever saw touring in the big city of Seattle was touring for this album. Uh, and uh, yeah, we're going to listen to uh, and review Jupiter by Caven. Oh, nice. Yes. Yes, excellent. So, hell yeah, John. Well, do you have anything else to say? No, I don't. This is a great time, you know. And actually, pretty sure we're sitting at about an hour and a half for runtime, aren't we? Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, so... better an hour and a half, give or take a few minutes at the beginning. And... <clears throat> yeah. I mean, the first 20 yeah, minutes. I, guess... I think the first 20 minutes only had about, like, three minutes of recording in it, honestly. Oh. Uh, yeah. So. But still, I mean, pretty over an hour for this album. Good, good for us. Yes, very, very good, <laughs> good for us. All right. Well, I am going to say goodbye. And uh, stay in you. a yeah, stay in chat here for a second after we get done recording. And uh, okay. goodbye to you, John, and goodbye, listeners. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you next time. That sounded like